And uh, it's important to have the Word of God. And, and for many years, uh, and always, the Word of God's been under attack. Uh, but you cannot uh, do anything against God's Word. Uh, nobody can destroy God's Word uh, because God's Word is preserved. And God is the one who protects His own Word. He promises that because it's the only way that we can know Him. And it's not just in general that He protects a book. The Bible says He protects every word and every letter of the Word and every part of the letter of the Word of the book. That's how much protection and preservation God's hand holds on this book right here by Almighty God. And that's why we hold to the King James Bible because we believe in the doctrine of preservation. And uh, it's an undeniable dispute that the King James Bible is God's preserved word. Amen. And thank God for uh, God's promises and all that he does for us. Amen. So that we can get to know him uh, more and more. Somebody in such power, why would you want to know? Why would they want to know somebody like us? Amen. Uh, Somebody that has the power to create anything he uh, will. Just speak it into existence and it becomes. Amen. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. Whatever God speaks, that's what it was. And that's what it can be even now. But yet God still, um, because men like Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Amen. Men like Abraham and uh, men like Job, who we're going to go to today. If you would like to turn there, Job. Uh, Great men. Great women also. Women like Esther. Amen. Who stood up uh, to the king and who gave, was willing to give her own life. And women, godly women like Mary, the mother of the Lord. Um, and, and many, 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 many men and women um, in the word of God. Uh, people that this world knows nothing about. The Bible says that this world is not even worthy. Um, not even worthy to speak to na- their names. I mean, great heroes of the faith. And it's not too late for you to be a hero of the faith. And it's not too late for you uh, to do something great for God. Job chapter 1, if you find it, would you stand with me? We're going to read in verse 9, just one verse. I stand the whole time, but I remember when I was in your position, and sometimes I still am, if we have a guest speaker, when you stand, it feels like forever, like, oh my goodness. When's he going to stop? It's taking too long. Maybe I'm the only one, but that's how I am. You start trimming your fingernails when you sit down and all that. All right, verse 9, Job chapter 1. The Bible says, Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Doth Job fear God for naught? Doth Job fear God for naught? Let's pray. Lord, thank you, Father, for your word and for uh, this book here, uh, Job. And Lord, it's not about the people in it. It's about the one who wrote it, and it's you. You are the author of your own word. And Lord, you gave it to man so that we can know you. So it'll be a help to us, Lord, in this life. And the word of God has fashioned and formed uh, the greatest people, Lord, uh, here in this 
world. And Father, there's nothing more powerful than your word. And I pray, Lord, that uh, we would understand that and at least believe it, Father, whether we, whether we adhere to it or not. Help us all to just believe that, Lord, so that we know uh, where to turn to when, when we're in dire need or dire help, Lord. I pray, help us all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. There's, there's a difference between uh, knowing something and believing it. Amen. And you will ultimately result to what you believe in the end. You, everyone strays here and there. Uh, that, that's all of us. Uh, I mean, that, that, that's what I call the heartbeat of a Christian, is the ups and downs, right? The positives and the negative. And uh, we all get like that. But ultimately, um, what you believe, what's in your heart, um, is uh, where you're going to go to or, or result to. In Job here, uh, the devil came to uh, the Lord. The Bible says, let's read in verse 1, There was a man in the land of us whose name was Job. And that man was perfect and upright and one that feared God and eschewed evil. And that word perfect means uh, completed or, or, or uh, it doesn't need anything else. When you bake a cake and, and it's all done and ready, you say, you know, it's perfect. doesn't mean it's perfect, sinless or, or to perfection, but it's how you wanted it to, to come out. It's, it's, it's the ultimate um, goal achieved in your eyes. And, and this was Job. Job was perfected. He was a man that uh, he, he had a lot. He had everything, and, and, um, and thank God for men like Job. And the Bible says and he feared God and eschewed evil. Eschewed evil means you shunned or you resisted it, okay? And now resisting evil is, that, that's a lot. First of all, it's resist, it, you're working against your own self, amen, because we, uh, we might resist evil when other people are around. Of course, when we're in church, all right, or a pastor knocks on your door, and you put out the cigarette, or you hide the movies, or you turn the radio down, and and uh, you stop the cursing. I I'm, I'm work I work in people's houses a lot, and and you know I do heating and air conditioning, and and uh, they'll they'll you know they'll, they'll find out I'm a pastor, and they'll, they were cursing the whole time, and all of a sudden, oh, I'm so sorry, I go to church, really. And uh, I said, you don't have to say sorry to me. I have not. I don't have power to forgive you. Um, but you need to say sorry to somebody who you did offend. And that's God. Amen. You don't have to feel sorry or be sorry to me. Uh, I, I'm just a person like you are and I'm a sinner. Um, and but I could turn you to the one who can give you the help and, to for, and the one who can forgive your sins. Amen. And when you're forgiven, you're forgiven. It's not like our forgiveness. Our forgiveness is, uh, I forgive you, but I'm not going to forget it, right? When the Bible says God, when God forgives, as far as the east is from the west, so he hath removed your sins from him. He hath cast it in the depths of the sea and hath remembered it no more. That's true forgiveness. And forgiveness is a powerful thing. And when Christ looks at you, he looks at you as, as if you've never sinned. That's the power and doctrine of justification. And it has nothing to do with you, but everything to do with the power of the blood of Christ. You know, there are good people in hell today, and there are wicked people in heaven. Explain that one. But the wicked people in heaven, because we're all wicked, have been bought by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it is therefore all to receive 
Christ did not die for just some. There was a man who, uh, named John Calvin years ago who came up with this, with this terrible concept that is not close to even being found in the Word of God. And he put out that, that only God had died for some and others he uh, decided that they can, they're going to just go to hell. Oh, no. For the Bible says that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is reward of them that diligently seek him. And who can come to God? They that cometh to him. The Bible says he will no wise cast out. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. Oh, he draws all of us. From the furthest depths of the world to the unknown uh, searched out areas in this planet still, there's people. Christ draws them. You say, how, 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 can, how can they go to heaven if they've never heard the gospel, if they never heard of the Lord Jesus Christ? The Holy Spirit of God does his work still with or without you. Christ knows how to get to people. When you love somebody that much, when you have a dying heart and have proved your love and have given everything. Listen, if I've invested my entire life, entire savings and everything I had into something and something starts going wrong, I'm not going to say, oh, OK, I'll just move on to the next thing. No, I'm going to give it my, to my last dying breath to make sure and see if it's going to work out even in the end. And Christ invested eternity in us, in mankind. And he holds the nail prints in his hands forever. And he has nothing else but us sinners. And he decided that. The moment he gave his life, he didn't just give it up for 33 years to live on this world and go back up to heaven and enjoy the splendor and glory of all that he had before. No. He gave it all up for eternity to receive us sinners and is stuck with us forever. And that's what he wants. It's hard to be stuck with one another down here. We get tired of, of each other fast. We get tired of each other's attitudes. We get tired of each other's, uh, uh, the way maybe somebody believes in something a little different um, no, I don't like ketchup on my hot dog. I like mustard. And, and next thing you know, you're arguing. And well, why? You just need to try it. No, I don't even want to try it. And it, you can get, well, there's so many divisions and things. But listen, Christ just looks down at us and with love and affection and compassion and admiration. And everything we need cometh down from the Father above. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. Undeniable. Can't be disproved because he proved it. He proved it in so many ways. It just doesn't take faith. Look up and see. And you see it takes more faith to believe in evolution. It takes more faith if I said, oh, uh, God created the world. No, that's wrong. If I say, okay, well, aliens created the world. Oh, yeah, I believe that. You believe in aliens over God. That's what this world, the Bible says, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. And their foolish heart was darkened. And you, you cannot deny the hidden evils of mankind 
For it shows, it shows in her countenance, it shows in her face. Only God has the power to forgive sins and to lift the sinner up and give him eternal life and give him a peace in her heart. The most achieved people in this world struggle with drugs and alcohol and depression and, and everything that money cannot buy. Everything they want to reach out for and, and hope they can obtain that those riches will give them just leaves them more empty and more desperate and more thirsty for something greater than what they know and see. Christ came to the woman at the well. Oh, what a wicked she, woman she was. She was so wicked without girl. She, uh, she just flaunted it and, and all the men knew her in that area. And Jesus said, go call thy husband. And she said, I don't even have a husband. He said, that's right. You've had five husbands. And the one you're with now is not even your husband. That sounds just like regular Philadelphia people. And this woman said, how did you know that? You've never met me. Jesus could have said, well, all the guys know you. But he didn't say that. He said, hey, have you ever heard of the Messiah coming? Jesus said, yeah. Or he, uh, the woman said, yeah. And he said, I am he. I'm the one that Isaiah 9, 6 said, a child will be born. His name shall be called Mighty God. I'm the one that Moses spoke of. A greater one shall come. I'm the one that, uh, that was cried out in, in, in all the great prophets and And all the minor prophets and all the books of Moses and all through the Psalms, I am he. I'm the one that was told would be coming. I am God, Jehovah Almighty in the flesh. What would he be doing with a woman like that? Why would he even give that girl the time of day? God Almighty, the one who breathed in existence everything we see and know. Oh, because he cares. He cares about a girl who's messed up her life, who has nothing else to build upon because she had never a foundation. He cares about a girl like that that was torn apart from childhood and never received uh, even a chance in life. She was a reject from the beginning, and she just lived life and just let it pass by till the day she hoped she could just die. Oh, he cares. Jesus cares. Oh, yes, he cares. I know he cares for me. Why does Jesus care about that girl? Because he loves her. And the Bible says, Jesus said that, listen, you give me some water. She said, well, I have, I don't have anything to draw with. You don't have anything to draw with. He said, well, the water I give you, you'll never thirst again. The water you're going to, you can give me, I'll thirst What this world has to offer, you're going to thirst again. The temptation you dive into, you're going to thirst. It'll make you more thirsty. It's like drinking salt water to somebody who's dehydrated. The the, the things of this world will make you more thirsty. And the further you go, it's going to make you worse. But the water that I give you, just one sip, enters into your bloodstream. Gives you a peace and satisfaction. And comes out like you a fountain of rest and joy and peace and love like nothing else can give you. 
how do you know he lives? There's nothing like that. If I said there's a fountain of youth, a water, and everyone who drinks it becomes young. And you see people becoming young again. You say, oh, I believe it now. I see it. Believe me, because I'm up here. That Jesus brings a joy and peace, and he takes away sin. He doesn't cover them like the blood of bulls and goats did, knowing that they're there. Listen, the moment Christ forgives you, that guilt on your conscience is gone. It's gone. Gone. You're forgiven. What power forgiveness holds. This man, Job, here, the Bible says he feared God and he shewed evil. There's a reason why to live for God. Nobody can bear sin. This world puts sin on top of people. Because they can't bear it themselves. They say alcoholics. It's okay to drink because you need a drink once in a while. And, or alcohol, alcoholism is just a disease. And it's okay. Now they, they try to come up with ways to ease the pain of sin. Nobody can bear sin. Not even one sin. The Bible says for all liars shall have their part in the lake of fire. All liars. I've lied. The Bible says the fearful shall have their part in the lake of fire. The Bible says the whoremongers shall have their part in the lake of fire. Anyone who has sinned shall have their part in the lake of fire. And we've all sinned. And there's good people in hell today. There are good people. There are, good pe- there are people who tried their best and are in hell today. Explain that. Explain that. I don't wish hell on anybody, but hell is real. Hell is real. And you can feel it sometimes burning at your feet. You can feel it pulling you down. In the inner darkness of your heart, you know there's a spiritual battle going on. We're not cows in the meadow. There's a sin that grips your soul and is deeper than what you know. How can you relieve it? Oh, there's one that can. There's one that can take it away forever. Not just put a Band-Aid over it. Not just put and say, maybe you'll feel better in a little bit. No. As far as the east is from the west, he'll remove it from you. And when he forgets it, that's all that matters. Because he's the righteous judge of all the earth. There's a reason to fear God. There's a reason to say no to evil. Mm -mm. My flesh wants it. Do you remember when you were in your lowest slump of life? In the pit of despair, thinking that only if I could just kill myself, only if I can end my life, would this bring some relief? And then the rich man, when he entered, the Bible says immediately when he died, he opened his eyes being in torment, crying out for one drop of water, saying, Lord, Lord, if only I could receive one drop of water, would it relieve this? Oh, you'll never feel relief in this life from your sin. Neither in your next, for in your next is the recompense of your sin. The wages of sin is death. And hell was never created for mankind, but all sinners must pay. 
Jesus said, I'm not going to let that happen. I didn't intend this to happen. I'll give my life so that they won't. I'll give my life so that they don't have to give theirs. My life, although it's more precious, I'm the God of all the earth. I am the true and living God. And before everything existed, I was. But I'll still give it. What precious life given for something that's not precious. But God still did it. He didn't have to. He could have let mankind go on their way. Oh, but the souls that cry out for their creator. The prayers heard. People that stood in the way. And God help us. I'm empty. In the lowest time of despair. How can we get in despair? When everything is going right in our life. And yet you feel so empty in your soul. You can have the house you wanted. You got the car you wanted. But why are you so down? That's your soul crying out for its creator. It's not a uh, a chemical imbalance. No, these are just ways the world tries to describe what's really going on. Oh, it's not. It's not. Because when something good happens again, you might get a little better fired up, but then you go back to the way it was. You need something greater, something more powerful, something that's higher and lifted up. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. There's a reason to fear God. There's a reason to turn away from evil. This man, Job, the Bible says he has seven sons and three daughters. Verse three, his substance was also, he was very great. He was one of the greatest. He was the greatest of all the men of the East. He had 3,000 camels. That's a lot of camels. We had one chicken at our house, and that thing made a mess. I can't imagine 3,000 camels. He probably had the Uber business at that time, putting out all the camels through the desert and everything. The Bible says he has 7,000 sheep. I was at a job up in um, Washington's Crossing, and the, the person living there had a little pen. I said, well, man, what is that? And these two big sheep come out that thing. I thought living from from being a Philadelphia guy, I thought it was the greatest thing I've ever saw. (laughs) I went running to those sheep. Oh, my goodness. I was going to hop over the fence and hug it. I I thought it was amazing. When I got there, I hit that fence, and it was the worst smell I've ever smelled. And that was only two. 500 she asses and a very great household so that this man was the greatest of all the men of the East. His sons, they didn't live right. They lived off the father's walk with God. They lived off the father's hard work. And you know what? In our nation, we're, gonna, we're, living off, we're living off all the labor and sacrifice of the generations before us. And we're just squandering it and squandering it and squandering it. And you know what? That's just the way it is. That's the way of man. One family sacrifices 
and, and does everything they could for the sake of their kids. Their kids receive that and are thankful, uh, but there's not much labor involved because their father labored at all, did all the labor for them, so they, uh, they, they, they try to invest it right and, and part, uh, use what they were given in the right way. But their children wind up being the ones that squander everything. And we're in that generation. The Bible says there becomes a generation that knows not God. And it just repeats itself throughout history. And that's just the way we are. I don't think we can avoid it. It's an unavoidable thing because that's just how mankind is. The Bible says in in verse 4, And his sons went and fasted in their houses, every one his day, and sent and called for their three sisters to eat and to drink with them. And it was so when the days of their uh, feasting were gone about that Job sent and sanctified them and rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus did Job continually. This father here, his prayers kept their kids, his kids. His prayers kept his kids. Verse 6, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down. He said, To and fro and up and down. I go everywhere. The, The devil has free reign on this earth. He walks about seeking whom he may devour. But look at this. And the Lord said to Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job? There's none like him in the earth. A perfect and upright man, one that feareth God and assureth evil. Verse 9, And Satan answered the Lord and said, Doth Job fear God for naught? Satan, he did consider Job. He walked up and down to and fro. He knew Job. He went after him before. But the Bible says there was a hedge about Job that Satan couldn't enter in. Verse 10, And hast thou... This is the words of Satan. Hast thou uh, not thou made an hedge about him, about his house, about all uh, that he hath on every side? Um, you blessed his work, the work of his hands and his substance is increased in the land. He said, put forth thine hand now and touch all that he hath and he will curse thee to thy face. Satan thought he knew Job. Satan, listen, Satan knows mankind. He knows if he puts a little lust in front of you, you're going to fall. He knows if he puts a little money in front of you, you're going to leave God like this. He knows if you, you put, he puts a little sickness in front of you, uh, you're not going to come to church on Sunday or Wednesday. He knows whatever, he, he knows mankind, he knows how to trip men up. He knows how to stop you. He knows how to get you to get God out of your life. And he says, Job is like everybody else. But Job was not like everybody else. Job was an upright man. One that sheweth evil. He shunned it. He resisted it. He kept it from himself. And the Bible says that even when his kids would just live the party life, you know what Job did? He prayed for him every day. He believed his prayers were heard by Almighty God, cared about his kids. When they were older, he didn't just say, my job is done. Uh, however they're going to live at this point, is, that's it. No, he kept on he kept praying for him and he kept uh, pleading to God for him and asking God to get their attention. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he hath is in thy power. 
Satan said, if you put forth thine hand and touch all that he hath, he will curse thee. God said, go ahead. Just spare his life. And we know the rest. One by one, Job lost his money. Job lost his health. Job lost his kids. Enough to hurt his wife. His wife came to Job, sitting in the ashes, and she said, you still, you still retain your integrity? Why don't you just curse God and die? It's over, Job. It's over. We lost everything. I don't blame her. She's a hurting mother. She just lost her kids. She didn't leave Job. She was there. She didn't know how to handle it. But in the deepest despair, Job was still a strength to her. I know people going right now. I know I have a good friend. He's about to lose his wife. I told him, I said, you need to be the strength for your wife and for your kids. You need to get with God. Pray and be there and get the strength you need for others. There was something different about Job. Job feared God, and he got the strength he needed from God. It wasn't the money, what we do for money. People don't like uh, churches talking about money. I don't care about money. I don't care if we get a penny in the plate or a dollar or even a million dollars. Somebody drops a million dollars in play, I don't care. I don't even care about that. What I do care is that everyone is right with the Lord. You know why? Because God is the one who provides for this church. And I told God, God, if you don't provide for your own church, then I'm, I'm not. This is your bride. You have to be a faithful husband and provide, and he does. And I told the Lord when we started the church, I'm not going to worry about it, and I don't. Whether we, whatever we get, I don't care. I don't care if we even, we don't take an offering. I don't care. You see us, you come, you come on a Wednesday, we don't take offerings. And some, Brother Paul and Brother Tom and Jim, they're the ones who remind me we need to take an offering because I forget. I'm serious. You say, well, how do you pay the bill? God pays the bills. God, how do you pay the bills? How did you buy all this stuff in here and the new pews and everything? God, how did you do it? I don't know. God does. Yes, Job. Job, how, how did you get all those camels? God gave it to me. What we leave God for. The devil hangs some stuff in front of our face, and God is the first one we leave. I'll give you a simple illustration. You read your Bibles every day. We should. It's, it's good to. It's like eating food. If you're late for work or you wake up late, would you rather not read your Bible and make it to work early or go and work late and make sure you read your Bible? No, no. The Bible is the first thing that goes. I'm running late for work. I got to go. 
God, I do not have time for you. I'm late for work. Yeah. You see, that's how we are. But Job wasn't like that. You see, Job had so much because God just was able, such a strong man. Where did he get that strength? He feared God. God, I'm going to read my Bible first. God was able to. Job, where do you get that time? How, how can you manage all these things? Because he gave God his time first. And God was, was able to put more on his plate and, and able to pile it up to the point that the devil noticed him and tried to get to him. But there was something guarding around Job. It was the hedge of God. That hedge of God protected all that Job had. That hedge of God protected his kids, that all they did was party. You say God would protect kids like that? Because of Job. Do you know, you as a faithful Christian, the company you work for, God will bless that company. You know, Potiphar's house was blessed because of Joseph. That's why. It wasn't because of Potiphar. Potiphar was evil. It was because of Joseph. And what we give up God for, what we allow the devil to break the hedge for, listen, what we need is God all around us. The devil knows how to get to you. He knows how to get to your kids. The first thing devil did was took Job's kids when that hedge was gone. You say, well, I need to spend more time with the family. I need to, I, I, I need to give my kids what they deserve. I need to give my kids more, uh, more things in this life that I didn't have. Spend some time on your knees in prayer, reading God's word. And God will put a hedge about them that even the devil can't get to them. And everything you build, God will bless Job was special because he knew the order of things and stuck to it. He had integrity. But let me encourage everybody here, and we're going to close. The devil knows how to get to you. He knows how to get to me. He is not all-knowing. He is not all-powerful. He's an angelic being, powerful, yes, but nothing compared to God, not even a percentage greater than we are, but nothing compared to God. God made him. He knows what you fall with. He knows your temptation. Why don't you shock him? Why don't the next time blesses the man that when he endured, when he endureth temptation, when he is tried? He shall receive the crown of life. Why don't the next time when, when, when Satan comes your way to tempt you, you say, devil, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Not this time, devil. I want to be like Job. I want the work of my hands blessed. I'm tired. I worry too much, so much about my kids instead of letting God worry about them. Job wasn't there knocking on her door. Stop the party. That's wrong. That's, you're, you're giving your life. No. He just went and prayed. 
God, would you protect? God, would you provide? God, would you do? And God did. What we give our life for, we're wasting time. Give your time to God and watch what God does with you. There was a man named Job. He was greatest man of all the East. He had so much. Why? Because he had God. Don't allow the devil to take God out of your life. When you get him, I promise you, you got it all. And the rest is just a bonus. Let's pray. Father, I pray. We know the devil is real. We know he's active. Lord, and he even pulls people down to hell. And I do say, Lord, we are spiritual beings, and we know we have a soul that cries out for its creator. We know we have guilt of sin. And we know because of that, Lord, there's a consequence. Father, where there's guilt, there's consequences. There's fear of getting caught. But who can hide from almighty God? When it is appointed unto man once to die, and then after this, Lord, the judgment, Father, where our sins will be judged. But I pray, O oh God, if there's anybody in here that has never received the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, I want to ask you with every head bowed, every eye closed, if you've never received the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you know it. God is speaking to your heart. He's like a tornado inside, whirling it up and, and, and piercing your heart and soul and telling you he loves you and telling you there is forgiveness for your sins if you cry out to him. If you need to get saved today, I'll pray for you. Would you just slip up your hand? I won't make a show of you. I just want to pray for you. You say, Pastor, I need to get saved. Would you pray for me? Please, would you pray for me? I have my sin. I know I'm a sinner. I know I'm going to hell. And I need to get saved. Please, Pastor, would you pray for me? I see that hand. I see those hands. Anybody else? Pastor, I need to get saved. Anybody else? Just slip your hand up, and I'll pray for you. Anybody else? Say, Pastor, I give up. I let the devil in too many times for, for things I can't control, for money I can't uh, keep, for my life I can't preserve. But God has promised me if I walk with him, he'll give me all those things. Help me to keep God in my life every day. Would you pray for me? Hands all up, hands everywhere. Let's all stand. If you raise your hand, you want to ask God, God, put that hedge of protection around me once more. Do what I can. Help me. Would you come down and pray? And I promise you, oh, you have Job's. You have women of God. What makes them so great? God. It's not the money. There are people with money and they're empty. There are people that have everything in this world but are empty. Job wasn't empty. He proved it when it was all taken away. He was still filled. Allow God to come back in. He said, God, 
if you just even get a foothold in my door, the door of my heart again. I'm scared my kids will go the wrong way. Pray for them. You'll be the start of where your kids should follow. It's never too late. It's never over. You have breath, you can still do something great for God. You can end better than you finished. You can rise up because there's mercy. You can stand because there's grace. And there's a reason to live because Christ loves you. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name, Lord, that you'll keep the devil out of our lives. Lord, in our deepest temptations, we know, we know there's something greater. Father, uh, someone attacking us, our home. Father, and even after service today, watch all hell break loose in some houses, oh God, trying to steal what was put in there. Lord, there's satanic attacks. Father, I pray that you rebuke the devil, Lord, for your people's sake, and give them a rest and peace. Father, as we came today to your house to hear from heaven, and I pray, Lord, we were were filled with your word, Lord, the manna from heaven, and Lord, the living word, which is Christ. I pray, O God, that you would uh, richly um, bless us and dwell us, O God, and thank you so much for the great things you've done for us. We don't deserve you. Help us, I pray. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. We have Wednesday night service. Please come Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. Uh, there's, there's teen club at, uh, on Wednesday. And um, this Saturday also, we're going to be doing some work at the church, next, which is next Saturday. So come on out. And uh, hope to see you Wednesday at 7 o'clock if you're able to come.